From Southern California, this is Outlook in Review, a summary of world headlines, technology and business news, arts and entertainment features, and instructive encouragement from the Praise Light Media Studios, Thousand Oaks, California. Good day, it's Wednesday the 11th of July 2018. A scorching heat wave has blasted parts of the US and Canada. An estimated 70 people have died as the result of sweltering temperatures that have hit Canada's Quebec province last week. In Los Angeles, as of Sunday evening, as many as 26,500 of utilities 1.5 million customers had no power. And according to Los Angeles Times, the Van Nuys Airport in the San Fernando Valley reached a record-breaking 117 degrees on Friday. Other record-breakers were Burbank and Santa Ana, according to Los Angeles Times, coming in at 114 degrees, and the famed UCLA campus in Southern California reaching 111 degrees. In Woodland Hills, California, where temperatures reached 117 degrees, a postal worker was found dead in a mail truck. Investigators are still looking into exact causes, although the heat in the un air-conditioned delivery truck is suspected to be a factor. Microsoft has released an inexpensive 10-inch tablet designed to be a smaller and less powerful version of the Surface Pro. The Surface Go, starting at $399, is loaded with 4GB of RAM, 64GB of eMMC storage, and a less powerful Intel Premium Gold processor than its Surface Pro counterpart. It is worth noting that according to The Verge, once you've added the type cover, the price for the base Surface Go model jumps to $498, putting it up to par price-wise with some higher-spec non-Surface laptop options running Windows 10. The Verge also points out that although the Surface Go has a big trackpad, USB charging, and a Surface connector, as well as a much better kickstand and the type of premium design you don't typically see at this end of the PC spectrum, Microsoft's new device is even smaller than their Surface 3, which constitutes some risk with a a model such as this. Time will tell, however, if this new addition to the Surface family will be the much-needed boost for the Microsoft platform. In 1966, the Impossible Missions Force embarked on their first, albeit fictional, task. Mission Impossible was a long-running TV series following a somewhat regular cast and the assignments given to them by the United States in order to avert a range of crises, varying from the local to the international. For the first season, Mr. Dan Briggs led the team, but the actor Stephen Hill was unable to act Friday evenings through Saturday evenings due to religious constraints, making it more and more difficult to meet deadlines as the show progressed. 
By the second season, Briggs was replaced by Jim Phelps, played by Peter Graves, who became probably the most recognizable icon of the show. In theory, these two were the only full-time members of the IMF. As the series was originally conceived, they would form teams made up of part-time agents who came from a variety of professions, choosing their operatives based on the particular skills necessary for the specific mission. In practice, however, the leader would choose the same core group of three or four agents for every single mission, even though many episodes also featured guest stars playing one-time additional agents who had special skills. Some of the top crew included Cinnamon Carter, played by Barbara Bain, whose character was a top fashion model and actress. Barney Collier, played by Greg Morris, was a mechanical and electronics genius and owner of Collier Electronics. Willie Armitage, played by Peter Lupus, was a world record holding weightlifter and often made appearances when a strongman work was needed. And Rollin Hand, played by Martin Landau, portrayed a noted actor, escape artist, magician, and as the show called him, the man of a million faces. Martin Landau was billed as a special guest star during the first season, and he had originally been cast just as the guest star for the pilot episode, with the understanding that he would be one of four or five rotating guest star agents. However, because of the religious absences of Stephen Hill, producers wound up using Landau for many more episodes, and he eventually struck a deal to appear in all of the first season's remaining episodes. Landau also was a regular in Season 2 and 3, until he was replaced in Season 4 by Leonard Nimoy, portraying the Great Paris, also a master of disguise. Several other replacements also took place over the course of the show, including replacements such as Leslie Warren and Sam Elliott, also playing repeat operatives. The shows almost always began the same. Jim Phelps, or the leader, would arrive at the briefing site, usually at a parking booth, a recording studio, public park, or other inconspicuous place where he would play a tape, a film, or a message of some sort detailing the mission. The message would then invariably self-destruct at its completion, and this would signal the scene where the operatives for that mission would be chosen. The mission often revolved around current affairs in the world, although rarely mentioning real participants by name. A Cold War-esque aura is painted over most episodes, with Cuba, East Germany, and Soviet Union-type countries often playing a hand in the international intrigue, although never mentioned by their names. Running until 1973, the original series has seen several reboots and spin-offs, one of which in 1988 starred Peter Graves again in his role as Mr. Phelps. Later movies were also made based off the original series starring Tom Cruise and still featuring an adaptation of the original theme. However, none quite compare to the original series and its focus on the mission above all else. The dedication of the operatives and their teamwork all working together without even a hint of internal drama, such as is common in newer shows with similar plots or themes. Mission Impossible epitomized what high-action TV drama was originally intended to be, and it stole the nation's attention for seven years with fascination of the ingenious and an admiration of the cooperation and successes of the Impossible Missions Force.
As we often state here at Outlook in Review, our commitment to an unbiased and fact-based reporting standard generally dictates an avoidance of many topics that are just rife with scandal and gossip, speculation, and godless chatter. But this commitment also dictates a discernment when choosing the topics that we do discuss. So what is true discernment? Well, true discernment is absolutely impossible without divine power. To have true discernment, we must have the true discerner, the Holy Spirit, to lead us into all truth. We read about this in John 16. We cannot fully and accurately understand what God says to us in his word without the illuminating and clarifying work of the Holy Spirit. In 1 Corinthians 2, Paul writes that the thoughts of God no one knows except the Spirit of God. We have received the Spirit who is from God, Paul continues, so that we may know the things freely given to us by God, which things we also speak not in words taught by human wisdom, but in those taught by the Spirit. Paul goes on to clarify that someone without the Holy Spirit, a natural man, does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, and he cannot understand them. Discernment ultimately depends on the Holy Spirit. As we are filled with and controlled by the Spirit of God, He makes us discerning. He leads us into all truth by granting us hunger for God's Word and the ability to discern its true meaning something that the natural man, as we just read, is incapable of doing. Now we find the principles for discernment in the Bible. Only through a scripture-saturated mindset can we lead discerning thoughts and lives. There is no shortcut, no other way to equip our minds, and only as we master the Word of God, being led by His indwelling Holy Spirit, are we made adequate and equipped for every good work, as we read in 2 Timothy 3, to be led by the Spirit, filtering all things through the outlook of a scriptural perspective. That is the essence of true discernment. Thanks for listening to Outlook in Review. Contact us anytime with questions or comments. We'd always love to hear from you. We're on Twitter at Outlook in Review and Facebook.com forward slash Outlook in Review, where you can find information to various topics we cover on the show. Until next time from Thousand Oaks, California, I'm Ben Ditzel. This is Outlook in Review. Outlook in Review.